everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Codex West podcast. This is our official quinceanera. Happy 15th episode. It is. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's Spanish for 15th birthday for <laughs> little girls, if you didn't know that. Um, I am Jacob Lively. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Johnny Paglino. Who is not a little girl, but wishes to be one someday. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and Jake Tripp again. Hey, what's going on? You guys are probably going to be hearing a lot more from Jake uh, since, again, we all live together. I live here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, the sh- that's the... So anytime we're podcasting, we're pretty much just going to have him in the studs doing... Doing studs. I'm, I'm doing studs stuff. I'm more of the moderator today. I didn't... I'm not prepared as... Oh, I yeah, no, say, really. he didn't prepare. We prepared. Well, that's what, he didn't know that he was going to be a part of this until I didn't, about an hour ago. So yeah. I didn't know we were planning to be little girls today. <laughs> yeah. So well, I'm, I'm dressed up. So well, thought you'd figure it out. It's good though because Jake's sort of like in the middle on this issue. I think I'm literally literally in the middle. Literally in the middle. <laughs> you too, and yes, yeah. in the middle. All right. Okay. Um, so this podcast has uh, it's been in the works for a good long while now. Um, We've alluded to it in previous episodes, probably because it kind of pays a big role in Johnny and I's daily lives. This is the uh, the animal rights episode, the vegetarianism episode, the animal ethics episode. Uh, because we have a great deal of thoughts on the matter, we're going to at least try to take a more structured approach to the issues, which is why we prepared heavily. Um, and Very heavily. Yeah, heavily, by which <laughs> I mean I, I've got a page of notes and Johnny has half a page of notes. So. <laughs> uh, but we're no, going to try to avoid like... tangentialization as much as possible. Um, and we're going to start by explaining the ethical framework and how that frame, our personal ethical framework, that is, uh, and how that framework is consistent with our uh, respective views regarding the issue of uh, whether or not it is ethically defensible to consume animals from there, we're going to talk about common arguments for or against veganism, both moral and practical. Uh, our goal here isn't to convert anybody to or against or from, rather, uh, veganism. It's just to kind of provide information and perspective and kind of ask you to examine your beliefs on the matter. Um, so I'm suspecting that our positions are going to be pretty much diametrically opposite in like our ethical approaches. So I'm going to let Johnny go first here. Okay. That was good. Um, so the I think the reason why we want to like start from a broad perspective and then go into animal rights is because, well, two reasons. One, I think the next episode we're going to do is on the ethics of artificial intelligence. Yeah, Ooh. that's the plan. Right, which is like... So we're going to do sort of a two-parter on the ethics of dealing with a, I'm using heavy air quotes here, yeah. lesser intelligence. Mm-hmm. And then and other intelligence, maybe. Yeah. I think other two kinds of other intelligence. Yeah. yeah, I like and that. They're very different, um, and the way that we respect them and dignify them is very different. I yeah. feel like um, even though mostly because one of them doesn't exist yet. Yeah, <laughs> this because it's speculative. It's like you know, suspect to or subject to very different types of dignification. But so if we go general, if we go broad, we yeah, can which is what we're going to start it, with, narrow we, it down from there. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't think this conversation is going to make a lot of sense if you don't understand like what ethical positions that we've adopted that kind of shape our worldview. Right. Um, because it's more than just about animals in a way, which yeah. is what I'll get into. I guess like what I. What I thought of when I got into this was just about dignifying animals ended up being like something more of like a radical empathy, which is like really some Silicon Valley kind of talk. 
but <laughs> <laughs> ruinous empathy. Yeah, ruinous. <laughs> but um, so I'll just I'll just start off. I'll, I want to give this a different perspective, maybe than people usually get, um, and make it about utility in a way. Um, that might not be persuasive to you, but I think if you re- like, for me, when I really think about like how the emotions I feel and the perspectives I take on the day to day, um, like how they actually better me, this is a position that's like it's more than just about animals. It's about a kind of like I'll get into it basically because the first thing I want to start off with it's like very broad, but um, I think punishment. So we're going general. Yeah. So we're going to an ethical thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have a type of, you know, you can be like Kantian or like whatever where you have like this huge ethical framework for like all actions. And for me, um, I'm more pragmatic in that like I don't need to be – I don't think we need to think so theoretically. We can just kind of – we can be theoretical, but we need to look at like the actual impingements on our life. Sure. And – one of them is something we talked about, we alluded to in our anger episode, um, which is that like that impulse to punish someone who's as a done form something of wrong. like justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, punishment makes made sense historically when you didn't have better tools to fix societal ills. Like if all you mm. had was like, you know, you could just, if all you had was like the threat of a worse life, that was the best technology you had to fix societal ills. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and like, it's really hard for us to think about what it was like even 500 years ago because like life was so radically transformed that we don't, that maybe that was the best technology. Like maybe it wasn't Mm -hmm. actually evil then, but to me, the way that we use punishment as a determinant on systematic levels, um, it seems like it's just like an antiquated technology to actually fix the things we want to fix. Um, a lot of people who are you know, in trouble or doing nefarious acts or whatever, like there's, we, we have better technology now than just like the threat of a worse life, right? Like, so punishment is an antiquated tool in terms of actually, you know, fixing people so that they don't produce actions that are, you know, bad for society. We can connect people to, I think a lot of it is just like, you know, you talk to a therapist and a lot of it can get out. A lot of it is medicine. A lot of it totally. is education, like we can, we have like much, the ways that we can actually get knowledge to people and information to people is so radically different than it was even like 50 years ago. That, mm, right. Um, it makes sense that punishment, the idea of just like punishing people is still around because like systems don't change that fast. Right. But um, it's clear that it's nonsensical. Like no one actually, like it, I, I've never been persuaded that that, is the actual way to like solve like most of you know societal problems is sure. by just like threat of a worse life um so in a way it's it's non it's nonsensical oppression i guess like some people would want to make the political argument that oh it's used to oppress minorities like um so that there's power relations and like that's persuasive to me in some ways um because if we are, it's better. I guess my, my core belief is that if like we can spread the wealth, if we can like even out power, power dynamics and like, um, 
(laughs) the best way that we can it gives more opportunity it gives more resources to more people and so there's more opportunity for better ideas to arise and be yeah sure be resourced right and so that's generally the goal of society like if you think of to me like the best society that you can like practically think of it's like how do we the, the core question is like how do we give how do we spread the resources enough so that like we can get the best ideas that actually elevate you know because like all of the way all the comforts all the comforts of our life have to do with like people just coming up with ideas that are generalized they're generalizable right like we can generalize them um to make them relatable yeah and so but then they're you know uh i think one of the bigger things about that is that each person has although there's been millions of people billions of people who have lived you know Uh each person still has their own unique like position in history that they experience so like yeah regardless of their ideas whether they be generalized they're still going to be unique in some way oh totally but like what we're looking for like in terms this is a specifically like Mm -hmm. i wanted to come at uh veganism or vegetarianism from a purely utilitarian Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not in the utilitarian way as like um a peter singer or something where it's like um you know oh we want to we want people to be the happiest that we can be or sentient beings to be the happiest Mm -hmm. so like obviously if you're a utilitarian and you believe that animals suffer you need to like factor that into the equation that's not where I'm coming from. I'm coming from this is I'm coming from a broad perspective where it's like utility has to do with like not maximizing happiness, but my, maximizing maybe creativity is a great word or like sure, freedom right. of like opportunity, creating possibility for ideas that elevate people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when basically any form of like systematic oppression is going to be counter to that. Right. And so it's convenient because it's, convenient when like you can oppress somebody and you automatically are like um you're systematically induced into not accepting their worldview because they're lesser than so it Mm -hmm. naturally creates an environment in which creativity is stifled is that that's what i'm saying okay and and, but it's there's good and bad it's easy to be like that's good that's bad Yeah. yeah and um with like when you're the oppressor it's convenient to oppress like imagine like okay like yes like it was a convenient for like a slaveholder to have slaves yeah. <laughs> whereas like this is what like 12 years of slave was so it's great. like you have like this guy who's like um you know he's very brilliant he's able to like engineer solutions and mm-hmm. yet he's just like tasked to like do like, manual labor <laughs> yeah, manual yeah. labor because it was convenient to just right so that's sort of like the kind of thing that happens when you um, rely on power relations, which yep. is it's 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 insane how exactly opposite we're gonna sound on this. Without Johnny and I did not like discuss our statements prior to this, but it's gonna seem like we did. Yeah, <laughs> perfect, cool. So in my mind, um, uh, I want to see what I write. We try to basically like suffering when we like. M- induce suffering to create you know productivity Mm -hmm. it's not as we could just see in history that it's not as productive as allowing people the freedom and the not as creatively productive yeah yeah but not as not i mean in terms of just like elevating all people's lives sure you you know like yeah um, i get that yeah um and so that's sort of, I mean, that's kind of like a, like a general liberal vision. It's why like, yeah. you know, like, the, yeah. like Democrats are like defined by like as the education party mm-hmm. because 
you know, when you can disperse education amongst as many people as you can, you can elevate the entire yeah. society. Um, so that's like a general framework of how I like, I normally think about, okay, any form of oppression is like worse than if we eliminated it. So people got more reason. That's basically gotcha. how I think that's my general outlook. Now I'm going to go more into like how that applies to this. Yes. Discussion. Because it, that's a good, the easiest, yeah. the easiest way yeah. to attack me on this right off of what <clears throat> I've just said. And I'm going to have to work through this is that how do animals not create productivity? By mm-hmm. killing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not, like, capable of... How they not catered to society. Already. Yeah, they don't have yeah. the same idea creation mm-hmm. as humans do, right? But I would argue that just, like, I think the easiest way to argue for this is, like, if you're worried about utility, that the oppression of animals leads to, like, lesser opportunities simply just because of its environmental aspects. Sure, yeah. Like, if we were to eliminate like the oppression of animals like you would just like eliminate like so much of like our um carbon emissions and it would just be it's Talking just about like specifically like mass farming practices right cattle. yeah 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 and i think it's just like cheaper to you know it's like if everyone was on a vegetarian diet it would be a lot less labor intensive for sure there's yeah. less you know you can just accomplish more things if we didn't farm animals yeah. in that way yeah um, so just on a utility, like that's sort of the approach. I think that that's one way that you can map it onto that. Okay. But there's another, um, and it's a little more personal. Like to me, and I think I guess this is where I want to go is that, and when we think about um, utility, right? Like that doesn't have to be so cold. Like emotionality can be involved in utility, right? I like, agree with that. Yeah. We run on emotions, and so it's important to really think about what emotions we're running on because some are less useful than others. Mm -hmm. And as a society, we're all people who come together based on like our emotionality engines. And like, that's how we normally connect to people that are very far from us is that like we express base emotions. Yeah. I don't know anything about your life, about any of the details of like your family or how you live or what your job is. But like, if I'm on the internet and we're both like, fuck this guy, you know what I mean? Like that's just an emotion. You know, which mm-hmm. is like the bait. So that's how you can kind of tell like how that's like an easy way to connect with people. And I think a lot of politics, especially you see today, is like based on like shared emotionality. Right. And so it's really important to think about the utility of our emotions. OK. Um, so, you know, like to what happened with me is that like I was in a situation where I thought I was being I got arrested and I was basically on house arrest for a couple of years. And to me. Um, it was just completely nonsensical, especially since now you look at what I was arrested for. It's basically legal in the state that yeah. I was arrested <laughs> in at the time, right? So, like, in that time, I was completely useless. Like, I couldn't mm. do things that I can do now. Yeah. And the things like I'm doing. leave the state. <laughs> like, I couldn't leave the state. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't play music. I couldn't go out and play shows. I can't, you know, you yeah, can't you can do only anything. go to work, which is a justification for them. It's like, oh, we let you go to work, you know. Yeah. You're so, still yeah. a product of society because yeah. we're letting you go to work. It's and like, I guess that's, like, useful, but, like, it's not in the same way where, like, I'm able to do, like, things that, you know, I can basically, like. You're I, arguing sort of for the utility of creativity. 
Yeah, because um, yeah. without it, like we are, we don't, we are stagnant, and like we, um, sure. like we've seen that like progress, like in lots of ways, helps. Like it, it's like on, the, I think on average, it helps more than it hurts, um, especially if you have good laws. Mm-hmm. If you have smart laws, then it helps. But like, basically, you know, because of history, because of biases, because of bad ideas, we have. We have like mechanisms in place that produce like systematic nonsensical suffering, right? And I think that's what I went through. Yeah, and I think I think like the beginning of your argument started with like, yeah, I can take these Kantian views where they're very theoretical, mm-hmm. but there's something else there that is not being taken into account, and I think that plays right into what you're saying right now. Yeah, because it's not about just, like, this, like, oh, kingdom of ends, like, floaty, cloudy thing. It's, like, literally, I couldn't leave my house. And so, like, to me, what happened was is that I thought I was – before it happened, I thought I was, like, impervious to that kind of judgment and that kind of oppression. Like, I just thought that, like, I was this guy – it would never happen to me, blah, blah, blah. And then it did, um, and I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to, like – just like hate it was just like so much self-hate so much hate against the people that put me into this even though it's like this amorphous blob of like can't actually like direct where the hate goes because it's right systematic institutional right? Yeah. yeah the institutionalization of it is like and that's it, just it house arrest never mind like prison, or prison jail or, yeah, or, yeah i mean yeah, like right, it could have right. a lot worse but um so it made me think like okay like i think i was wronged right why was I wrong? It wasn't just specifically because of me. It was because of, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I was wrong, but everyone else in the situation isn't. Like, what happened to me is that, like, oh, I was humbled by it. And I was like, I need to think about all the different ways in which other people are being, you know, oppressed. Or non-people. Or, yeah, or, yeah. like, how, any any type of suffering that's being created in absurd ways ways that don't help at all they don't do anything they just all they the whole function of it is to create suffering yeah um and so i kind of committed to that i was like okay i want to make sure that i can see that because i can see how useless it is to put beings in that situation Mm -hmm. um so what happened i guess is that i just had this awareness of looking at systems and seeing if they were just or not in that by those parameters. And I spent time with a couple of vegetarians afterwards and it just became kind of an obsession of mine where it was like, why, what is it? Why am I not allowing the same sort of like, like empathy that I have for people who are, for people who are objects of oppression that I do animals because I think what happens is people think that like suffering, like we are a higher being and like, because we have like complex thoughts and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And because of that, our suffering is so much like more greater, greater or whatever. Um, because we can have complex ideas and blah. And like, if you just kill an animal, it's not like they know or blah, that's how people justify it. But to me, it's like suffering and death are like literally like, the reason why you try to survive Mm -hmm. 
it's like the reason why anyone does anything on a base level. And so it's not mm. a complex emotion. Like every, like to everything be, wants to, yeah. Yeah. Live. To be sentient. Everything has at least an instinct to continue to live. Right. Exactly. Totally. And if you, if you have an instinct to continue to live, it's because what's propelling you is like the fear of suffering and death. Right. Sure. So I, it's to me, it's not like that has to be like a very basic awareness of any being. And so that's not, persuasive to me that like animals don't have and especially because like you can look like we read the beginning of that well i read the book but we shared that i forget what the book is the newsbomb no the emotions of animals that oh yeah yeah. the the forefront where he's like talking about the birds like having a funeral right for one of their and like that kind of thing like persists through nature like if you actually look at the behavior of animals they exhibit it's kind not of, like it's not across all species, but it exists frequently enough in nature that you sort of begin to respect the idea that animals actually do have a very good understanding of their mortality. I would put it that way. Yeah, yeah. it's hard really, to it's hard it, to make yeah. the case for everyone, but we don't have enough. No- the thing is, is like, how can you ever like holistically understand the perspective of an entity that you can't communicate with? Is right. Kind of like that's and, the anybody I, that like approaches with the argument of. Uh, you know, like animals can't experience pain or suffering in the same way that humans do. That's not, you can never prove that empirically. How can you ever demonstrate that? Like you, you can't experience what the animal is. The thing is though, is like, that's not an argument. It's just like a reality. Right. 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 It's yeah. a lot of times, like the only people who will say that are people who are against like uh, animal rights because you can't know. So we might as well which yeah, is a weird exactly. it doesn't justify either right. way no, it's what it just is like <laughs> yeah that yeah. doesn't like the evit like we'll, we'll get into that i want to we'll get it plays oh, into like we'll the totally moral schizophrenia that. that uh that yeah Francois that, talks about yeah um but i just wanted i guess i'll just like conclude my personal thing where it's like if i like my connection with animals has a lot to do with that suffering i felt because i see like how um that basic emotion it didn't feel complex to me it just felt like i was you there was nothing i can do that i want to do yeah and like when you see animals suffering it just seems the same basic fucking mm-hmm. thing basically johnny um, knows why the caged bird sings i know why the cage <laughs> but so for me what happened is like um once i came to that like that's a kind of empathetic thing like that was a con it wasn't like specifically about animals that was just a consequence of me trying to be more empathetic and looking at other um, beings who are suffering, yeah. you know, whether it be like, you know, humans in whatever situation or, you know, just like it came to be like, what is causing suffering and like, what actions can I take not to support it? Yeah. Because if other people had taken those actions, I wouldn't have been in the situation I was. And now that I feel it, I also just have this emotional response yeah. of empathy, which I think is useful because it's compassion. It's productive. It gets you closer to people. You accomplish things. Things don't get in the way when you are just looking at like, am I I hurting you or am I loving you? Those are like very productive thoughts. What was unproductive for me was I was still eating meat, thinking about animals and constantly obsessing like, am I causing suffering or not? Right, right. A lot of my thought space, you know, like to me it's like, I think a lot all day. And so like, it's very important to me to make sure that what I'm thinking about is an engine for me to be productive, right? And what's completely unproductive are rationalizations because they just keep you in place. The whole idea about a rationalization is you have an yeah. impulse to go somewhere else, but you're trying to stop yourself. Yeah. And for me, it was like, oh, you know, um, 
it's okay to eat meat for blah 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 reasons like oh like as long as i source from where the meat was and like i'm never doing that but yeah. like as long as i have the possibility of doing that that keeps me in place <laughs> yeah and that's what a lot of people do they'll just tell you like oh but what if it's like ethically sourced or but they don't give a fuck they're gonna like get the yeah. cheapest and chicken they it can. ends up not being the case anyways yeah right like, oh, yeah and you don't unless even know you're if like true. at the farm you're like okay i want that chicken yeah there's like, a, that's how i feel about it there's a podcast that Johnny and I listened to earlier this week. Um, I forget his first name. The, the He's a professor at Columbia. His last name is Francione. Yeah. And he's like a vegan ethicist. But he talks about uh, <laughs> we ought not to um, perpetuate like ethical or like humane suffering. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. He, he equates like humane slaughter of animals to like how can you humanely murder someone or humanely rape somebody like, <laughs> yeah, it's not, rape, we ought yeah. to just not cause the yeah, suffering to begin like, with not figure out a way yeah, to make it yeah. quote unquote like humane and I was, I was completely in that thinking where like yeah. I was looking at like oh how do I like I think a lot of yeah. people are because it's really hard to inspect your beliefs in a way that makes you not feel like shit when you look at yeah. it like that right totally. and so I guess what was so important to me and why like my like animal ethics come up a lot is because they were it was like the catalyst for me to like stop rationalizing in my life yeah it was like okay once i just well what really happened was jacob was like i was talking to jacob so much about like oh should i stop eating meat blah 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 but it was very hard as a habit and jacob was like look i'm just gonna cook you vegetarian food for a week and we'll just see what it's like yeah i was like okay and then I became a vegetarian. Like yeah. once you had like given me a way out, <laughs> basically. Yeah, there's like, like a barrier to entry that comes with. <laughs> we'll talk it. about yeah, that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, it's like once Jacob gave me a way out, it was like I didn't have, I didn't need to rationalize anymore. Yeah. It was just like I'm done with. And when that happened, I realized that time in my life, I was very, I had a lot of rationalizations about like, oh, like obviously i could be a great musician like i should be but like it was blah 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 that was in my way and so like fuck fate or something you know yeah. what I mean? whereas opposed to like what i should be doing is like oh if i want to be like progressing in music i should just be doing that task as opposed to rationalizing why i'm just like sitting on the couch every yeah. day watching tv <laughs> even though i believe in my mind i'm a great musician you know once i like got out like once i got out of a first like epic rationalization which is like why am i allowing animal like why am i supporting animal suffering yeah once i got out of that it was it became this thing where it's like i started i stopped i realized how useless the rationalizations were i wasn't getting anywhere and it just depressed me and so i was able to start point by point eliminating them from my life and i still am it's like it's like a task but it's like a you know you always have to clean your house that's yeah. how i feel like you know it's just like rationalizations are going to keep coming in you need to like clean house but now I know that's like a mode of thinking and sticking to um, vegetarianism is completely easy for me now because I just like I don't have like I'm I just don't have an impulse for meat anymore. Yeah. Like I like when we watched Isle of Dogs today when they were cutting the sushi, like I had a visceral reaction to like I think the scene was designed in such a way to like entice that reaction, but I see Especially because they're killing a person in the process. Yeah. Right? Oh, you, like, you guys saw it? Yeah, yeah. we saw it. Was it's it awesome? Like, I would go see it again. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'll go yeah. see it again. I'm like yeah. glad I'm glad we saw it today because it actually very much the sort of like themes of compassion towards animals. Yeah, it had a very like podcast. Wes Anderson always has like very like compassionate messages that are like even like in like, you know, Moonrise Kingdom or something where the animal dies, like the re that animal dying in that 
movie like breaks up the rhythm so as like yeah. you're like now all of a sudden you've like dignified this animal that you didn't even care about in the movie like, yeah he does things like that he's really like i would be surprised if he wasn't a vegetarian basically mm-hmm. but um yeah so that's kind of my my point i guess is that once you start um exercising empathy and for me vegetarianism was like a route into that like you start making better choices for your life you start making more compassionate choices which is more productive for more people yeah um and you can just see that like people who don't practice empathy like they group together and they form political parties and like systems that hurt people for no reason other than vindication and vindication has to be one of the most useless things because all you're doing is trying to justify your own viewpoint as yeah. opposed to doing like progressing and you know vindication hypocrisy rationalization these are the sorts of things that like only get you to where you are yeah and mm-hmm. like it doesn't you know they just reinforce your yeah whatever position and what's the point of reinforcing yeah. yourself like shouldn't we always be on a mission not to, even like, reinforcing might not even be the right way it's more like entrenching it makes it so that you're, you're, you're almost yeah, like yeah, you're, you're yeah. almost digging yourself into this moral grave that you have to like continue to justify your viewpoint. <laughs> right. <to> yeah. <laughs> to and the, live with yourself. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Love no, it's true. It's like what it, it, no, what is so that? True. Where like whatever that impulse is to like need to be right about something, even though like it eliminates you from the possibility of like acting in more productive and compassionate ways. I don't know what that impulse is like operating in reality. Yeah. It's (laughs) just like about you. Like to me, it's like a dopamine rush. Totally. It's like, it's about you fulfilling the task of you like have like having lived in a just way. And I think that's the problem with the difficulty with vegetarianism is that like, it's such an entrenched, like the entire culture of eating meat is like given to you at birth Mm -hmm. and you don't i don't really believe how could you you don't really consider it until much later in yeah the faculties you have like by the time that you really have the faculties to like break up break out of the matrix yeah you know like (laughs) is like you know it's much later and so it's very difficult and a lot of people don't want to like give it up because they just see it as a useless thing to give up as opposed to thinking that like it's useful because it empowers you with like an empathetic perspective that will accomplish better things if we all like the act of becoming to me i the problem is vegan is like a lot of vegans have like moral righteousness yeah because that they've like taken the right position on an issue which to me is just like you're eliminating you're you're hurting people mm-hmm. you're attacking people and so right. you're trying to hurt them mm-hmm. and like the ideas were supposed to be more compassionate it's supposed to practice empathy as opposed to righteousness yeah righteousness is the exact same thing as vindication. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like you were right. And that doesn't, and so to me, I wanted to come at it from, this whole spiel is just to be like, this is like, it's useful in ways that like, I don't are think. Unprecedented. Yeah. yeah. I think they're useful in ways that people don't want to, or people just don't generally acknowledge because either they're too wrapped up in their own righteousness or they believe they're, they're so, they're, they're so connected to otherness already that they like don't want to bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. So like if you already think that and like, oh, sentience, like respecting sentience and otherness is just like it's right, you know, but you haven't explained it to someone who doesn't believe it's right. It just seems like you're just kind of like appealing to divinity yeah. in a way that like doesn't it's isn't helpful. It's ineffective, yeah. Yeah. And so to me, I was just trying to come from it like at a point by point, like these emotions not only these emotions can like will create a better society because a more compassionate society is a more productive one. 
But also, if we like just eliminate systems of oppression, we also spread wealth in a way where we like create more opportunity, mm -hmm. right? You're hedging basically <laughs> opportunity in a way when you do that. So I think there's two ways you can get to it just by thinking about like making life better for us. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, I think once you start practicing that, you really start to like read animal life in a different way. At least I have. So like, even if it was, even if it didn't contribute to global warming, like I would still be for it because I just have a connection now. And I think some people just like do not develop the connection. And a lot of people want to justify their ethics by principles or logic or both. And like, to me, it's like, sometimes you just are connected to something because of your own experience. And to mm -hmm. me, it's like mm -hmm. suffering was what got me there. Yeah. Um, and so it's very understandable to me that other people haven't gotten there yet, especially because it's, it's such a, it's, it's, it, like you said, it's like an entrenched part of our culture, um, to eat meat that like it, it completely makes sense to me why it's difficult for people and why it's a difficult topic and it doesn't make me mad or you know what i mean yeah, but yeah. it's just like but sometimes i do get really like i go into a dark place because if you really consider all like the billions of lives a year that we torture mm -hmm. it's like it's fucking dark <laughs> you know like yeah if you can get if you sometimes if you get there and you're just like what can i do to to help this and you realize that that's like it's there's nothing you can do, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. except just the little thing that you do in a day and the beliefs that you share. I don't know. Sometimes it can get like really dark and I understand why people don't want to go there because you just because like you're aware of it doesn't really change that much. Yeah. Mm. So I, I'm very sympathetic to non-vegans in a way. I understand it, but like it's to me, it's just it, it becoming um, an animal rights activist or like having that sense of activism will empower you in other ways and it would empower society at large. I guess I'll put it there. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Um, so <laughs> completely opposite here. Um, so personally I see, I mean, Johnny kind of described it in the same way. I'm just approaching it from the opposite end of like uh, belief, I guess is, I see ethics as a, a tool to persuade entities in a privileged position to relinquish or share that privilege for the benefit of others. Johnny was talking earlier about um, mm. power distribution, but I kind of find that disagreeable for a number of reasons, uh, primarily because it supposes that fairness and equity are values that we should find worth pursuing. Biological life is fundamentally indifferent, and there's not really any reason that we should feel compelled to behave in a way that pretends otherwise. Um, humans are not somehow above the idea that the natural world does not care about us and following that action does not require justification so i may act in a way that's ostensibly ethical but ultimately do so because i'm not in a position to behave otherwise without consequence um, so operating within an ethical framework happens to be consistent with that belief and while i absolutely believe that animals possess sentience I don't refrain from eating them because I'm not in a position, or rather I am in a position to enjoy their consumption. Um, I guess basically my position is that subjugation of the underprivileged is uh, almost uh, like evidently universal in the animal kingdom, which we are a part of, and seems to be inherent to the condition of being a living thing. Um, so I have no issue being a participant in the perpetuation of a world in which that continues to be the case because that just 
is kind of how life is. And I think that's the only, like... Well, this runs to, like, a general argument, which is just, like, the appeal to nature is a naturalistic fallacy. Like, just because it's natural doesn't mean it's moral. Right. Right. I'm like, arguing almost against, like, morality as a, a value that even comes into play here. Right. I guess, like, the idea is that morality itself is, like, better than non-morality it's like if you better are... if you believe in the perpetuation of it or not the perpetuation of but it's better if you have a genuine belief that like society should continue to improve itself my belief is that society isn't fixable so it's better to just withdraw so my principles lie in an entirely you don't different think place than yours. where does that come from though that seems like really deep what do you mean you don't think society gets better like to me it's like to me i'll just exp like simply like every century i would rather live in the like i would like oh i think this is the best time to be alive. that's what i mean yeah for sure but i don't think that that means that like we're ever going to reach a world where like universe we're universally empathetic to other people and like there's some like ideal that will ever i think like quality of life probably will continue to improve until it doesn't but that's not really what i'm getting at here what i'm getting at is that like our fundamental like moral and ethical obligations our fundamental ideas about what constitutes a better society change too frequently with each generation for us to ever reach there's no end game so hmm. it seems to me like it's better in terms of optimizing your own life and then sort of in my opinion, leaving a legacy for the people that you care about, your kin that are close to you, it's going to be much more efficient and much more efficacious to withdraw and create a smaller sort of sub-society than it would ever be to engage with society at large. So my principles lie in a place where that's the objective rather than trying to decrease net suffering. It's decreasing suffering for those that I actually care about which is a much smaller yeah, but circle than if you had if you don't like to me it seems pretty obvious that our like respect and dignification for the rule of law which is an ethical institution if we didn't have that sorry you good yeah if we if didn't we have did, that if we didn't have that then your kin would be at danger yeah more I than agree. they are now I agree so, like, completely. You that's why to, you like, operate within the framework that I mean, you still have to operate within the framework. You still have to have a connection to it. Until right? you can withdraw. Yeah. I don't know where that withdrawal point comes from, except if you're talking about just like, you know, there's, you know, there's some, what does that mean? What, what, what do you mean by that? When are you withdrawing? When does that happen? Or is that happening at all times? No, that's not happening at all times. It's a yeah. new game. That's so I don't like think, a, I don't think that like. It's like sovereignty, basically. Oh. You can't have that sovereignty without, like, in, you know, with this many people, with this connectivity. You'll I think never there are ways to without... achieve, like, effective sovereignty. You just have to exist in isolation. How, though? Like, I mean, we talked about the last podcast. This country is full of nothing but empty space. So you're... I mean, it doesn't even have to be this country, either. There are places in the world where there's nothing but empty space. I know, but, like, I'm just saying all the meat that you get is, like by way of like people working together to get you there you're not okay isolated, yeah yeah right but you like, can also raise your own animals this is what i, I your end game is, is to go broad... back to a beginning game though right like if... yeah basically 
that's like it's the same kind of like apocalyptic vision that like is generated because we don't understand the future because things are changing super rapid. Like the but it doesn't come from a place of like fear of the future. It just comes from an understanding that like I don't have any individual impact on or my my individual impact on society is so small that I can't ever engage with it in a well, way let's, where I let's can play this out. outcomes. Let's play this out. If you did have your own like homestead where you're like sure. you have a sovereignty, right? Like you don't think it would be easier to just not raids and killing isn't raising and killing animals more work than just far like yeah that's not the, that's not really the point that i'm trying to make the point that I i'm know, trying to make we're is talking about more along the lines of like that broader understanding of ethics which is to say that like ethics is sort of just a tool leads me to believe that like i don't i don't need to justify why i eat animals because it's like an absence of but you would be able to get to the place you want to be faster if you we didn't consume animals because it's less expensive and it's less resource draining. Sure, but just... I can't like I can impact that individually, I guess. But that's not. But that's what idea. ethics is. It's like universe. It's like what are how are you acting in such a way that you are like striving towards the end game, right? Like you can act unethically, like that's like to me that's like a perfectly like valid option in such a large society that like you do not you can society is so unmanageable in a way that you can like act in unethical ways and people do like people shoplift people uh you know like uh like hurt each other and mm-hmm. they don't get punished you know because like we can't completely man you know it's like you can like commit a murder and not get caught like people leech off of the the ethical center all the time because it's too unmanageable. Sure, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a judgment against that, but like you can act that way. I don't know how to persuade anyone to not act that way if they will it. You know, the mm-hmm. best thing I can do is that like, I don't think that person's persuadable in a way, right? Like that person completely commits to the idea that the system is already against them, and so leeching off it. Not leeching off it in like this conservative. I don't like leeching is a bad word because I'm not trying to moralize it so much. Yeah. But like being able to like profit off of the inadequacies of the system is a better way, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to do that. For for me, before we get too off topic, this is just that ethical framework that I exist in is just a way to describe like, I think that that's probably the only like logically consistent way that you cannot be a vegetarian if you believe that you're an ethical person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I guess what I'm—that's kind of what I was trying to get. That makes at. a lot but of sense. But I guess I'm art. I don't. I don't find it very persuasive myself because I think that even if that is your end game, like you would save money, and you would like consume less resources, and you would have more wealth to be able to separate. Sure, but it depends You'd on more what your sort to. of sub goals are. If, if, yeah, I mean, if, if your like, goal is to like have tasty meat in your mouth, I can't but, persuade you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's if, if yeah. your goal in life is to, to love have meat, tasty meat. <laughs> yeah, like everyone has different goals in life, and if your goal in life is to love meat, if that's like what life is to you, then like this is an extreme example. But yeah. if that's all it is for you, like how can I persuade you with like anything else? Like I find that like impossible. Like yeah. that you have to like have No, you can yeah, there's no way that you can sort of sway somebody from Yeah, that you have but in order to hold that belief, 
I guess what I'm trying to get at is that in order to hold that belief, you can't do that and then simultaneously consider yourself like a nonviolent ethical actor if your goal in life is to have tasty meat in your mouth. <laughs> I don't see how you could. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think you have to give up ethics entirely. That's what I'm because it's at. all, and that's what I'm saying is like there's like I think it's like it is a way. I'm not saying it's legitimate. I don't want to legitimate it or anything, but yeah. there is a way to live that is that you are not contribute like you're just like profiting off the inadequacies of the system one to me an inadequacy is that we eat meat we would be it is suboptimal that we eat meat we would be more optimized if we did not eat meat if but we did not farm i think like, I think, like you know, that's just like a case not entire i think that like at this point the commercial farming industry has reached the point where for individual consumers it may in fact be cheaper to eat meat than to i'm eat. talking in the long run too though like if we like i don't disagree with yeah. you like long run but i'm saying for the individual consumer if you're like not but that's a, person, a convenience it's always about convenience short-sightedness yeah. though i think plays a huge role in like i'm saving money by eating meat right now yeah but right maybe now. in the long run you wouldn't because of the commercial farming industry yeah. destroying like imagine if the the government radically came in and forced all of these people to start farming in ways that were more productive that were more that were less with less environmental yeah. regulation yeah i understand what you're then, saying then yeah there are with more environmental regulation yeah. there would be like um maybe like a couple years where it sucked but then eventually in your lifetime you would be eating for less but it would be so radical that, like, people would fucking riot in the streets if they couldn't eat meat. Yeah. Like, the reason we don't do that is because people are addicted to meat. Sure. I was – I felt that way when I quit it. Like, it took me, like, two weeks to, like, get my energy back. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I, it, it, like, but I think Jacob's trying to, like, divorce himself from all that. Like, he's trying to say that he – the only ethical way to go about this is if you were still, like, a like – a, farmer in alaska trying to survive <laughs> am i understanding that correctly sort of yeah i mean i think that's pretty close to what i'm eating at. like because they have like it's a necessity to find meat. yeah it's oh it's no, no longer, I, I'm, uh, that's what i mean is like our meat eating consumption is not to, to his it makes sense to me it's yeah. not like this like oh my god how historically did we get there? i mean yeah. like a cow produces so much product and you can, yeah and that if you're like a general farmer winter, yeah like, how many like like meat eating memoirs historically from... been prevalent because of like because of the mass of food that is produced yeah i Hunting, don't i'm instance. not like no i, I know you're yeah, not history Let's, yeah we I, should probably start getting into like arguments the, against yeah, yeah yeah if you have something i guess i i don't really I, have anything else to say and like on this front yeah i think we can probably have like another conversation about this like about the ethical framework that we're talking about oh i mean i don't just think for an the... oh no i just think for animals generally which will go into the arguments is like i just want to be very clear like it makes i don't it's not like i'm disgusted when i look at history right it's to me it's like it all makes sense like we need to survive like yeah. people an individual needs to survive and if like teaming yeah. with your species to dominate another one gets you there right because you don't have the technology um you don't have the techniques or tools to do it or the humanely, or you don't yeah. even have the ethical you know if you can't if you don't have any of that then like i excuse you yeah i excuse animals and nature all the time for the same very reason but we yeah yeah we yeah. have different we have higher moral obligations because we have, uh, that's what i disagree with I I 
to me, it's like the, I I don't think you could persuade me that that's the case. I can. The only way I think I could persuade you is that like our entire like the entire system that allowed us to advance to a level of comfortability that we have was based on ethical thinking. If you don't have ethics, if you don't have rule of law, if you don't have a way of like thinking about justice and what we owe to each other, then we never get to a point where we allow freedom for each other because we're yeah. always trying to kill each other for resources. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the idea is that the idea about ethical thinking is that it may suck at times, but the fairness actually gives us a better outcome in the long run. I agree with that. Yeah. Right. And so e- ethics is one of the most important tools for human advancement that that's, we have. But it's like also I think prudent to exist not everybody can exist in a way that like issues ethics completely but like it's beneficial for some people like you said earlier and to do so i think in my case that's that's what i believe in is that like being an unethical actor is just more efficient when you're existing in a society that produces ethics but that's a whole different yeah it's it's to me it's like if you don't like this is like you can either be like this unethical person who maybe gets away with it, your probabilities are different than someone who is really trying to be ethical and does the right choices all the time. Yeah. I think somebody who really commits to an ethical lifestyle, like imagine the people in your life who are just super ethical. Mm -hmm. Like you never look down on them. You never like, those are the kinds of people who like anyone will help if they're in trouble or like, I agree. Yeah, it's like there's like this element. That's why there's like a the benefit is to act in a way that appears ethical. I think the like the way you maximize, like the way that you can be the most optimal, optimally ethical human being is to act in a way that is ethical ethical, until you have to make a choice that isn't. Because that I get what you're saying. Like Jacob, like comes off as one of the more ethical people I know. Like No, yeah. But the thing <laughs> you know is is I mean? that he's like actually not unethical. Like he That's, like yeah. because what what he's talking about is fronting as ethical. It's like he's actually has a very strong ethical sense and participates in that a lot. Right. Yeah. But what he's saying is that like in his like if there's a tough choice or something, he's gonna make it for himself. Yep. Pretty Which much. um it's like Machiavellian in a way. It is a little bit um I don't like the the thing is like I just think that's honest. I don't think that's like which is maybe more ethical. Yeah, and I, <laughs> that's maybe true. I, I guess that's what I mean. Yeah, it's very that, ethical, like, but I don't want to yeah. get too off topic here. Still, I don't even think it's, I don't think it's off topic though. I think like what it ha- this is what people do every day. I don't think we've think, said anything about animals in the last. <laughs> no, it's minutes. true, but like in the sense, this is the, I think what you're describing is like a general thought process for a thoughtful person who thinks about these things is that like oh what does it matter like Mm -hmm. i can steal this because society's letting me Mm -hmm. i can still be ethical you know i can still be a good person i know lots of good people who eat meat who think about the like who i've talked about where it's like oh i probably should stop and they still do it anyway because they're let off like what jacob's talking about is like you know, I, in, in secret, he can be unethical, but you can also be an unethical but, in public because it's yeah, condoned. But that's just inefficient. But right? if you're unethical yeah. to put yourself in a better position in society, like doesn't that ultimately make you like a more ethical person? Unclear. <laughs> Unclear. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think I think being aware of the fact that you're 
making an unethical decision well, the, in order to put yourself in a better I'll say position this. in your life. No, but there's a calculus. There's I'll like say a, this yeah. too. Yeah. It's like it's easy for you guys to believe that I'm an ethical actor because I behave ethically <laughs> towards you because you guys are kin. I treat yeah. you in a different way than I treat other people. That I, I totally okay. noticed with okay. you. Um, and um, I don't. I have no judgment against it because I do the same thing. Like I wouldn't, yeah. I would never try to, I would never put that in terms of my worldview, but like, like practically if I had to make a decision between you and a random person, like I would just choose you. Yeah. Right. And like, and why, it's the same for yeah. me. If I, if there's a decision that like is going to affect you guys negatively, I'm not yeah. going to make that decision. Right. Yeah. You guys are, when I say when I think of kin, it's like an extension of myself because the greatest joy in life to me is like perpetuating the success of people that I love. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. But um, that's not like good for society because I'll do anything to protect the people that I love. I think though that's why like when mm. like mm. politicians talk about like families and like it, there's all this like conversation about family. There's there's an awareness that there's like a kinship element against like the collective. Yeah. Right. Like I people, I think are totally, generally aware yeah. of that. Where it's totally. like, we, um, our families are always going to be the most important. That's why like people always like emotionally play on that when they speak yeah. about politics and stuff. So I think that's important to think about. Um, but I don't I totally understand why that equates to, like, okay, if um, like, something like DACA, for instance, like the Dreamers, like. People who are being like, I'm getting emails now about ICE and fucking I don't know Malibu, yeah. where like they're raiding homes and taking people. Like I have no connection to these people. Yeah. But but like my, if I practice empathy towards it, it uh, it feels to me like I become more like just practically. I'm really trying to think about what happens to me when I think about this stuff. When I think about these people being deported, that gave their information to the government under the good faith that they were going to be protected because of, they were yeah. kids when they came here and we're going to educate them so we can like better our society and they could be part of it. Yeah. Like when I think about that and I really try to feel for these people, it's like I come away with this like sympathy and awareness that I start to extend to the people in my kin. Yeah. yeah. And it's it, like, well, I think it's interesting. Like, I think that's a good point because you haven't even brought up the fact that you got a dog and started loving animals as well. Because yeah. then you're like, he's an extension of the other animals that are being He's part used. of my kin now. Yeah. An right. animal can be part of my kin. Yeah, which is, I understand like that doesn't like really do anything for your argument because it's not about animals, yeah, it's no, about kinship. It's not so much yeah. an argument, it's yeah. just more of like an understanding of like where you're coming from, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. I think um, having a... This is more about our personal skew than anything else. Yeah, I think having like... That's with that Isle of Dogs. I think it's like what a tough movie. I don't mm. think it, like I think that was his <laughs> toughest movie because the color palette of it was very like, like grayscale and red and like light blue sometimes and just very oppressive and desolate welcoming yeah but yeah. then there's like what what survives on trash island mm -hmm. it's the connection between animals and dogs which is this you're 
radically changed in this because like all like they all speak all the humans speak japanese so you can't even understand your own species but so you start <laughs> relating to the dogs yeah because they speak in your language uh, and like the at the times when they do connect when you can hear them communicate they're like it's like it's like one or two moments in the movie and every time it's like a tearjerker because yeah like oh my finally, god it's not so fi- like yeah. the fact like they're so because they can't communicate and the great part is like as an english speaker i don't know if they actually speak real japanese or not but as an english speaker <laughs> when you hear them speak japanese and you're the dogs you're like fuck what is these there, there are times he goes on for like minutes where yeah. they don't talk is and there are there no subtitles? There's no subtitles. Yeah. Oh shit! They just speak in Japanese, but like the huge... that totally changes the game. I know, but the dogs speak English, and so you're sitting there, and now like all of a sudden you've been put in the position of the dogs, where it's like right, right. That miscommunication barrier, even though you're so Whoa. smart and blah blah blah, you have access to tools, you can think about things. You can't communicate with this dude in the exact same way the dogs can't communicate with you. With you, yeah. as an, And so like, Jesus. I come home, I let Kaiser home for three hours and he jumps on me and he starts kissing me and he's just like scared right right and all of a sudden no, it's like i know like most of the words i say he doesn't understand but it's like there is this connection like there's a compassion we want to know what each other is saying we have a right. desire to know and yeah um i don't know why i'm going on this huge journey. sorry but like it's important to like realize you can have these epic um connections with animals that i think completely tr- that's one life right that's like Kaiser's life has completely changed my life and I have a compassion with him. And right. Leo is another one. It's like every day we like grow fonder of each other and we learn each other more, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But also I could just have killed Kaiser and ate him over three days. <laughs> and that could be yeah, it. He didn't, every he, animal. He would not yield a lot of meat. So. No, he's, yeah, he's exactly. very buff. Yeah. He's and that's, too that's buff. kind of a thing. It's like, the, what is the, like, I've learned so much. I've become so much of a more productive person because of Kaiser because he's elevated my emotionality my empathy, my compassion, my ability to, you know, think about other beings that are different from me, which helps me in my daily life and my thinking, my creative thinking, like, or I could have just eaten him. And so it's like every animal I eat, like I probably could have had this like, like really revolutionary connection. You could have. Yeah, you really could have. Yeah. And you didn't. But I know, I know that's basically what you're saying is that like, but you didn't. So what does it matter? And to me, it's like, if we, no, I, that's energy. not really what I'm trying to say. Well, actually, maybe buy not, into that yeah. More, but yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like if we no, spent totally the energy in, in terms of but like maybe like – If a, that's what it takes for somebody to understand like the same connection that you have with your companion animal is a connection that you could have with something you consider livestock. And that's tragic yeah. in a way that you never – a lot of people never try to explore that connection because it's too painful. Yeah, Honestly. or it's it's just not like yeah. if I was. Living it doesn't in the, occur to them. You don't if fall I'm living in, love in with a city, cow you're about to kill. But I was I was raised I was raised on a cattle ranch, and it was like a, you know, the you you have it's a huge herd of cows, so your understanding of like cattle as a community is different than I never had See, an individual yeah. relationship with cattle, but I had a relationship with the herd, where it was like I get that I'm an individual. Some of the like the scariest moments of my childhood were I'm an small child walking a mile between my house and my grand grandparents house yeah and there's a herd of you know <laughs> 400 steers that are just walking around right and they could easily kill me they could easily trample me but they understand there's an understanding there's this mutual sort of trust of like we the collective are not going to harm you because we understand what you are like yeah no and i think this is an important like piece here though 
like you grew up around like yeah cattle that were being like used for meat and stuff like that that's true yeah and then I was... johnny falls in love with his dog well i i mean like i i've hunted it's not the no not that you haven't killed yeah, animals. i mean yeah. you had an alligator hunting license like i'm not taking that away <laughs> from you by any means but i think it's important like the idea of like uh animal mortality and sort of like uh for i mean there are better words but like the most uh, i guess the most accessible term would be like the circle of life yeah i've yeah. just experienced that since i was a very young child i don't i wouldn't say i was divorced from it but i came from it at the killing angle i've killed animals yeah like i've yeah totally it, yeah it upsets me now but like i do think it was like i try not to regret over it i try to use it yeah. as like a, a like how do i Basically, I guess when it comes down to like every animal I've killed was like I killed past the point of like empathy, like where I the immediate feeling was like, oh, I don't need to do this. I think when you're hunting, like it, the most obvious thing, even mm, if you don't recognize mm, it, mm. if you're not that like inquisitive about yourself, the most obvious thing is like. This is completely unnecessary. Yeah. Right. As opposed to being yeah. a farmer who's we like, I need to eat and buy. Yeah. I feel like you're making yeah. money off the farming. Like that, you're right. That's yeah. a very different like, relationship. Like we have a mutual understanding that I am. There's you know, a deal this happening. This is going to happen. And maybe know, the deal like, isn't fair, but it is a deal where it's, it's like you're actually, yeah. it is transactional. This is just like completely. Sport. It's completely it's the so other thing unnecessary. Is, if you are a farmer, your like understanding of the interaction between like humans and animals and like the resource exchange that occurs is also like sort of fundamental to your understanding of animal mortality and animal suffering because you're investing not only a great deal of time but a great deal of money into ensuring that these animals live. And that's the thing. It's like yeah. so you're yeah. you're like this yeah. is the problem though is like farmers like that are farming like say you're like a dairy farmer or something right like there's a like we've looked into making a dairy farm like i was kind of into this right like and we found out it was like you don't make a like it's it's difficult mm -hmm. it's right hard. you're working and you're, you're working, working a lot and you're spending a lot of money yeah. on these animals hoping to make these things meanwhile the cows are like lactating all the time yeah. they're creating a child that then like if it's a bull like you have to sell it's yeah. useless unless right. it's for meat yeah right? right so like a lot of these dairy farms they just sell the bull for meat which like if you're someone who's against animal killing like all of a sudden now like dairy products are off limits right like yeah if they have to give birth to do it then something like, uh like a <laughs> this yeah. is this kind of just occurred to me if there was like a way that humans could exist in a way where you could be like, because this is effectively <laughs> how cattle are raised mo most efficiently. You uh, don't want you don't want super active cattle because then you have reduced fat, reduced marbling. You have lower quality. Yeah, like meal. meal. What if yeah. you could live in such a way where like your lifespan was significantly reduced, but also you got to kind of just do whatever you want and live this like really lazy ideal like sedentary life i get what you mean like you get the, the choice i don't think it's like i'm <laughs> no. not using that as a justification for like killing cattle <laughs> because the cattle do not have experiment. a choice yeah, yeah, like yeah that's i guess experiment. that's the thing is that no that's like why it's a good thought experiment it's something i think about but um like what if there was a way that like we treat animals that we can treat humans in the same deal yeah that'd be nice. I, I actually think about that all the time Obviously, the choice element is huge, but also, you know, we've talked about consent a lot. There, you know, there are times where we like, 
as a society, we come together and say, like, even if you do have the ability to make this choice, it's, like, probably a really bad choice. Yeah. And it's probably a really bad choice because so many people would probably take it. They're so miserable, and they have no way out that they would probably be like, let me just be sedentary. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think and that would be. I think that many happens people a lot. Would make that choice. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people on disability in yeah. Florida do that. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a lot of people who just like probably be better eaten than they would just like watching fucking like. I'd love to eat people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah. I want to get but, into the myth dispelling portion of. This. Yeah. Okay. Whatever you need. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, a lot of there's a lot of like kind of regurgitated rhetoric surrounding being a vegan or being a vegetarian. Um, and like the choices that go into that, that I I wanted to talk about. Um, so there's three main things I want to talk about, like the nutrition aspect, because I think that there's a very real disconnect between like people's understanding of nutrition. And like a lot of people think that you can't be a healthy vegan. I don't know why that's the case, but it's, false um and then i want to talk about like uh the disconnect between why we don't eat companion animals and why we consider livestock livestock and i want to talk about the sort of uh, we we briefly got into this but i want to talk about like why people think that uh some animals like don't experience pain or aren't capable of like existential anguish even though they exhibit all of the symptoms of those things yeah (laughs) um but first i want to get into nutrition um so it's a good point it's a it's yeah a lot of people have this so there trying is to think the, of the image way that of, i want to there's segue. an image of the vegan that is like only eats oreos and french fries yeah even like french fries are, and i know that yeah. vegan too it's not yeah. like i think <laughs> i think we all know somebody that like decided to be a vegetarian when they were really young and they didn't really have any conception of like what their body requires in order right, to yeah. be a healthy human being. Let me, let me, like, let I'm going to eat French fries every meal. This That's is, all I got. Can I explain Push my down, general right? diet, which Please. is that like I yeah, eat absolutely. lots of beans, I eat lots of peanut butter, <laughs> I eat lots of vegetables. Like so, like I eat every vegetable. This dude reminded planet. me of beans the other day. I was like, oh, beans. Sometimes yeah. you forget beans exist. <laughs> Tofu, Satan, yeah, like... Uh, Satan. Satan. Uh, Sa- I eat Satan. I, say, I eat that <laughs> Easily What's it? Satan. Tempeh? Tempeh, yeah. Tempeh. Yeah, like, uh, there's plenty of shit to eat. Like, yeah. the Boca burgers, like, you know, like the... Now they have, like, the Impossible burgers, the fucking Beyond Meat. These shit, this shit is just a way of, like, eating protein. Yeah. And, like, Obviously, you can eat carbs, whatever you want. Like, um, you got pea protein, you have soy, you have yeah. beans. Beans and soy are two whole proteins. They're complete proteins. So, yeah. meaning that they That's have, contain every, every day, essential basically. amino acid that is like necessary to survive there. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have a dairy farm here that like we know where the eggs are sourced. Super dairy? Dairy. Dairy, dairy. The thing is, is, like, I've, like, slowly been trying to transition into just completely vegan because I don't, like, just for my own yeah. sanity. But, so I haven't eaten, I think the last thing was that pizza that we ate is the last thing I've had. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the pizza is another pizza, issue. The pizza is another issue. Yeah, now that I realize that. Sometimes I'll have We do have cheese. a pizza cutter. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I think eggs are really important. I I think cheese is just like to make like I've just realized cheese I is don't... cheese is 
this is completely unrelated to everything that we're talking about. The cheese <laughs> is just cheating at cooking. Because that's like, okay. That's what it I just mean. makes it. Deli- it just, that's if right. you put cheese on anything, it's of so course good. it's going to be improved. That's, that's exactly where like I started coming from. Is like I need to become a better cook. Like yeah. I need to cook better and cheese. <laughs> but I just realized okay. I just put cheese on everything. So let's not <laughs> just nutrition, yeah. but food in general. Uh, a lot of people have the perception that you can't be a healthy vegan because you're not getting all of the necessary nutrients. That's just like so stupid. That is completely yeah. false. Um, and a lot of people have the perception that you can't be a vegan and eat food that's delicious, which is also just fucking ludicrous. Yeah. But Luda. what I will say, Luda. <laughs> what I will say is that ludicrous, there are there are um, vegan <laughs> like great. being a vegan can become a class issue because there are not just yeah being a vegan is not expensive. I will say that. So for yeah. about a month after Johnny decided that he was going to be a vegetarian. Um, and I enabled that. Uh, <laughs> I was also a vegetarian, so um, we were like saving. I, we were saving when, a lot of money on groceries. When, when I figure you, I you know stop, I right? know ways in order to like grocery shop where eating meat can be like more cost efficient than eating vegetables. But you save. You ultimately, if you only mm-hmm. eat, if you eat a vegetable diet and you like are a strict vegan you end up spending a lot less money on food. You buy more fresh produce, but it so turns out produce. we live in a society that produce is not that fucking expensive because we have, like, crazy farms. Where and we yeah. have pre-made shit that's way more expensive. Yeah. If we, yeah. Ultimately, like, the the class issue is an Education. entirely... It's an entirely different thing, but, like, pre-made meals, fast food, like, because these things are cheaper per, like in the immediate future and they require less preparation and less knowledge to acquire. Right. You, yeah. You have this issue where like poorer people don't know how to cook vegan food, but yeah. I have to imagine that like, if well, think we think about India, yeah, India is almost like hugely vegetarian, especially right. South India, the yeah. poorer parts of India, but that's because historically there's a, there's a historical element. That's right. the thing. That's why historical I and religious element. Yeah. That's why I don't get upset. You know what I mean? It's like totally his, history yeah. was. I don't think you're like you're regard. not a bad person if you're not a vegan because you don't understand how to be a vegan. Right. That's but the if class you have, issue. Yeah, yeah, that's the class issue. And the cl- the class the, issue too is that like, um, like higher class people become morally righteous when they should be trying to just introduce disperse knowledge yeah. because like obviously if one like, one like thing I'm a higher class not like high class but like you know like I'm like <laughs> We're I'm at, like I'm not in a, I'm like, a classy like, bitch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'm just like when, when you're trying to look at like stratums it's like I'm not like in poverty. But right? you have so you have, have the, the you have not just the means to acquire knowledge about like yeah. being an effective vegan but you also have like the capacity to understand what it takes and like wh- what you can do how to re- acquire those resources. Not everybody has access to that, and we're not condemning those people because that would be ridiculous. That, that would being be said, cruel. like, yeah. yeah, like vegan advocacy, I think, could be vastly improved if we just educated people on, like, A, being a vegetarian is pretty cheap. Yeah. B, like, you can achieve all of your, like, nutritional goals while being a vegetarian. All that being said, what I will say, um, Animal protein and whey protein are the two high qu- highest quality, most bioavailable proteins, period. There are certainly, like, vegetarian and vegan bodybuilders, but if you're somebody, like, personally, like, I'm trying to acquire mass. I'm trying to cultivate <laughs> um, mass. Yeah. But what you're saying, though, I guess, like, just that the this crux, is, the I'm not saying that this applies to people. most people, 
But yeah. like, if you're a person that is interested in like math, yeah, if you're working out, I think like yeah. this plays into part of the like myth of like but it's a myth of both you can be a you can be like it's on both sides like vegans will be like there's like what the health that whole documentary is garbage (laughs) you know and it's just like vegans being like oh like eating eggs is like eating like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day well yeah vegans will vegans will blame um but that's not what i'm trying what what i'm I'm trying to say is that there are like different qualities of and this is like a very like I just want to very briefly change the two lies about this. There are different qualities of protein. Meat protein and whey protein, whey protein being a product of milk, are the two most bioavailable proteins. So if you're trying to gain muscle mass, if that's like exclusively your goal and you like really need to justify your meat eating, I think you can probably pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, totally. I just um, – Yeah, there's, what there's I, utility I get, to it for sure. Yeah. 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 I guess mostly it's like there's – the. You can think about like wealth class, but you can also think of just about consciousness class. Yeah. It's like vegans will be like, oh, if you're not a vegan, then you're eating improperly in terms of your health. Yeah. I know so many vegetarians and vegans who do it just for their health. And that bothers me because when I start bringing up sentience and like, you know, justice, yeah. like they're just like, oh, but like in nature, they eat each other. So whatever. And I'm like, yeah. we're trying to improve nature. Like that helps everybody. Like don't like that was the whole human project. That was the whole project of intelligence. Deal, you know. You can can, like sound like a cooler person if you just add that to. I know it's like when people just do that. It's like that's the thing. It's like okay, so when I was in Mexico, there were like four vegetarians with me. I was the only one who was an ethical vegetarian. The other ones were just like purely for their diet, and that pissed me off because I'm like, yeah, you all could just subject to the same restrictions. (laughs) Yeah, it's like why are you restricting your? Just like if you don't believe in the ethics, just like eat the fucking chicken yeah right like you know totally, like, yeah. that pisses me off more than just like i don't know why like what it is is like it's funny because i have almost the like opposite experience but oh really saying, yeah, yeah to me it's just like the if you have a consciousness that where you're like aware of okay if you're only eating vegetables because like of your health you have this like deep conspiratorial theory about nice but no but it's like it's like you're you have this nice cons- but <laughs> You have a fundamental misunderstanding of nutrition. Like, is, I know, is but it, 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 boy, it, it it's impulsed by a conspiracy theory. Yeah, about like that. I people mean, that's are trying to get sort of people like are that's tr- deplorable, no matter where it comes from. What, yeah, it's like there's it's like no, people who believe in crystals and shit. Like that's I just, what I'm. Oh I can't God, respect your intelligence. Like, but like, just like yeah, I know. We're, I know. Never yeah. get into that, Jake. I know. <laughs> I, Let's know, just. You know, that's another podcast. That's another. That's another fucking podcast. But yeah, it's like we're it's so bizarre to me. It's like there's this whole movement that comes about because we're trying to like like introduce em- more empathy into society and we're trying to include other beings into society. And it's so beautiful and it's about like, you know, compassion, productivity, um love, creativity. And then all of a sudden, like that gets co-opted into like this health movement because it's good for your body. People that yeah, people that think that like being vegetarian is like necessarily just healthier are also wrong. That's there's, what I mean. There's two that's sides. Yeah, that, I know I, that's what you're saying. I'm very that's I'm, clear. I'm, I'm a very. I'm strictly ethical. Yeah. When it comes to like the health benefits, yeah. Since I think I've lost a little weight, I feel a little lighter. I like it a little more, but I wouldn't ever. It's if, not like for if we're talking dietary about dietary purposes, and yeah. purposes. Like 
I probably would introduce chicken. Yeah, there's no reason lean not meats, to. Like, if I was thinking about that, for if, sure. Lean meats are the most efficient source of protein yeah, other if, than whey. If you're trying, like, and period. like I'm a man, there's I, no like, I lift weights just too. Like, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah I wish that I I'm had. I'm a man. <laughs> I, you know, it's like. I'll show you who the real <laughs> frontiersman <laughs> is. You fuck off. But yeah, protein is important to me. I really wish that like it was more accessible, but it's not inaccessible. No, no, I think you just, it's not that when I say lower quality, all that means is that, so the primary sources of like just approaching from the perspective of like vegan bodybuilding, soy, you have soy and you have casein. Neither of them are super bioavailable, meaning they take a longer time to digest and you don't get as much protein out of that. That being said, you can compensate for that by just eating more of them. Right. Yeah. And like, it's not like, Eating chicken, a person that eats chicken, you just eat less chicken than the person who eats only soy. That's right. all there is yeah. to and, it. And you're specifically talking about protein. Which and like, well, yeah, when you're getting to that level of like macronutrients, it only yeah. applies to basically like bodybuilders and yeah. elite athletes. Which is like you don't super, have to care about that. It's shit. super interesting. Yeah, like for me, that's as someone who like, like it's is like it's intriguing to me, but it's not necessary to understand. Like, yeah, and every every eth- like uh, dietarian vegetarian i know like does not give a f- like they call it the protein myth that yeah. like protein is even important or whatever yeah. and like i mean it's fine because they're super skinny yoga people like yeah <laughs> looking good yeah i mean they look good in their way like i enjoy that kind of body but it's not to me it's like it's always like introduced in ways of like um it's not because they become thinner like leaner like yoga bodies it's because they the, do the, yoga the justification is always like body. longevity, yeah. right? It's always about like I'm gonna become older, and like I'm gonna like live longer because I'm like living in these ways. Well, I'm just like <laughs> prove it, <laughs> live forever, <laughs> then, yeah. bitch. I know, we can't decide. I'm not that. gonna know you until you're fucking old because I find <laughs> you insufferable. I know we can't. <laughs> right. We can't decide. Yeah, I'm gonna kill you right yeah. now, so you're not gonna live very long. If a vegan <laughs> dies in a forest when they're 90 years old, will anyone fucking know? Care. Yeah. So yeah, but getting yeah. away from basically yes. Yeah. So basically, people. I think the dietarian uh, like it's fun to think about. It both it, like it doesn't like. It pisses me off. It's like they're. It's both sides. We, I think you got it wrong. I'm so dang. You did the you did the cool thing for the wrong reason. It's yeah. a it's yeah. a good like, it's a good separation of how both sides can be absolutely ridiculous yeah. Yeah. on yeah. this for sure. Yeah. What's the so, third one? Uh, Are we on second, the second one? Oh god. Uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, don't worry, guys. We'll tie it off soon. Will we? It's a two-parter. No, this is a one. I mean, it's a two-parter. Just this is all going to be one. Two-parter at the one time. Um, the the thing that I want to talk about, we can really go over this pretty briefly. The the pain thing. Okay. Um, There's a very common conception of like an argument that I hear a lot, and an argument that I like genuinely believed up until very recently. Um, is that like, uh, organisms with less developed central nervous systems, bony fish um lobsters crustaceans yeah. yeah don't suffer i because like they don't have developed there's lots of research that because indicates their that these species don't yeah. have like developed senses of nociception meaning that they can't experience pain in the same way that people do while that research is in some cases compelling it's also largely inconclusive i yeah. would challenge anybody listening to this podcast to find any like absolute evidence that fish can't experience pain or lobsters can't experience pain and in fact what brought me to this realization is uh david foster wallace's article 
consider the lobster. Yeah. Really, it's a re- it's really good. We'll actually include it in the show notes yeah. this time. We will make a point to actually put a fucking link in the show notes this time. Link, link. But uh, consider the lobster is a it's a pretty short essay by David Foster Wallace. Um, it's good for I think it's a perfect essay for people who are like just starting to like develop an awareness. Yeah, for topic. sure. Just because started, lobsters yeah. are like it's the easiest animal to just completely like other yeah. entirely. Yeah, it's yeah because it's a fucking it's ugly as shit. You don't think of a lobster as having its any claws kind of are intelligence. Scary. It's, just yeah, like, it's sort of scary yeah. looking. Take your it's, claw off right it's a now. gigantic yeah. sea insect. People hate insects. So, like, why would you ever choose to believe that a lobster, which is delicious, can experience pain? Right. This this article is a great, like Johnny was saying, it's a great introduction to the idea of, like, inspecting, truly inspecting your beliefs about, like, why you should consider not eating animals. Because even though lobsters demonstrably and in research, like, maybe they don't experience the same kind of pain that people do, they exhibit, they exhibit all of the same symptoms of like experience okay I would existential they don't anguish have, yeah they don't have like their brains aren't in one place it's like imagine, distributed throughout imagine their, yeah. your brain is distributed throughout your whole body basically right so right um like what he goes through <laughs> is yeah it's uh, this gigantic lobster imagine festival. basically like base people think that oh if i like behead the lobster then he won't feel pain but actually it, yeah there's, but in fact, I mean, the, the most troubling thing isn't that like people are finding, you know, novel ways to like do things that they think are going to reduce the lobster's pain. But it's that ultimately the, the best way to cook a lobster in order to preserve the meat is to boil, boil it alive. It. <laughs> yeah. you boil, Which you is, put it. if you think about it, what other fucking animal would you ever do that? Right. To? And they like, they, they I exhibit bet. selection yeah. preference where, um, they prefer to not be boiled. Yeah, yeah they're moving around a <laughs> they lot. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they, they are. They, yeah, they it's are bad. also like they're and super violent in captivity. They're agitated in in the wild. Lobsters don't generally attack each other. They aren't necessarily tor- territorial creatures. They aren't gonna. They aren't cannibalistic. As soon as you put a lobster in a tank with another lobster, I'm sure everybody's been to you know Walmart or any place that live lobster are sold, and they have clips on their claws or they have rubber bands around their claws. It's because if they don't, they'll fucking kill each other. So yeah. there's a clear preference there for like not maybe it's not an obvious preference, but it's like lobsters in captivity become agitated in a way that lobsters that are not in captivity never do. They almost totally. never exhibit those behaviors in the wild. Yeah. So this article kind of brings to light like Well, it goes he goes to a um like a the biggest it's a festival. lobster festival. It's the it's this huge festival. And then he There's starts thousands he, of he goes in there pretty much lobster. without like an animal ethics. And then I don't even think David Foster Wallace was a vegetarian. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he went in there like just to cover it for this magazine. Yeah, and the the article that he wrote ended up being like once he started like micro looking at what was happening. Yeah, he, he realized like this mass amount of what could possibly be suffering and he himself was it's wrestling like a with celebration pleasure. of suffering it's a cell and that's the thing it's like it's this like he comes it's very like like genteel the way he starts with it and then all of a sudden he's like the consequences are so grave like he starts questioning them being like he's questioning as this like expert like um way of avoiding the huge consequences like yeah. oh if i actually like if this is actually true that we're just like killing these animals and making them suffer blah blah, blah like what what is like he's so confused by the end of it yeah. as a way of getting out of actually yeah. 
engaging with the emotions and starting to believe them, even though he's convicted, that it shows like he brings to light the like the normal consciousness. Yeah, of, like, it's a demonstration like, of like yeah, it's a demonstration can, yeah. really in a way. Yeah, um, I definitely would recommend reading it. Um, I think we'll just put it in the show notes. Oh my god, and it's really good. It, I would just put it that just yeah, to cap cap that off like i think it's a good representation of how although like the biggest part of this whole thing is that animals have evolved in a different way than humans and it makes us separate from them which or makes it us makes us believe that we're separate exactly the separatist yeah, notion is like i think um we use the separation as a way to oppress as opposed to a way to elevate like yeah, totally if they like imagine if you like like the way that we treat disabled people is not that we just kill them and right. eat them. Like yes. we like we try to. <laughs> is that not true? It's like they're. <laughs> well, if only. If only. <laughs> you don't. But you know but... what I mean. It's like the people. Like if you were to imagine just animals as like disabled intelligences, right? Like at not in a way where it's like the way we think about like. So like with humans, we think about their potentiality. If they don't live up to in a certain way, they call them disabled. But when mm. we look at animals, they live up to their expectations. <laughs> but they are abled in the way we are, right? Like we just we're stewards. You know, there's a way of looking at it like, oh, it's just natural life for us to feed off each other. Yeah, like, I think blah, blah, that if you like, are an ethical person, you should naturally like have an inclination towards stewardship of other life. Right. I it's guess. important to have the, like. It's okay if you haven't developed that impulse because I don't think that it's like natural. it's not really like bred into us. It's not natural. It's unnatural. It is yeah, like the, so. the idea is that like um, we're trying to elevate above our natural impulses yeah. and our natural impulse is just to dominate. Yeah, but that's the moral. You know, the more you know, it's the like moral we've, we've decided. Yeah. Like, the, the idea that we've decided is that like if we treat each other ethically, we elevate each other. Yeah, like, otherwise, we'd all still be you know feudal lords. Or yeah, whatever. it would suck. Life would suck <laughs> if we weren't ethical. Oh, you're, like you're think not. about all of the ethical actions that you actually like partake in a day. Right, totally. like yeah, you you don't usually steal when you like right. usually pay for the things you need to. Usually drive the speed limit. Usually, usually abide by the laws because that's a way of like, you know, abiding by ethics. Because you believe that ultimately, like it may not seem like you may be you may think that you're just scared because authority is coming at you or whatever, but like really, what's happening is that you believe that ethical life elevates you right like if you if you abide by the laws which makes sense on a level even if they don't if they're not perfect and when they're not perfect you protest but when they they're imperfect but they're usable like maybe you think the speed limit of you know the road should be 70 as opposed to 65 but you'll probably still go 65 right because you believe that you know it's better to just abide by the law Totally. Like the belief that just okay, if I just abide by the law, it's not exactly oppression. It's like you know you're engaging with the rule of law, which is engaging with an ethical point of view. Um, when we don't do that, um, when we're all disobeying, then like even something as stupid as like like a speed limit, right, can become very dangerous because we have no idea what we should expect. Right. Like, rule of law ethics gives us an idea of what to expect. Yeah, for sure. And when you know what to expect, you can navigate your life 
in a way that's more optimal, right? Like when you know what the possible outcomes are because we've all decided on it and the way we've all decided on it is like we've all like posited our self-interest and we've like created like arbitraged into a way where we like have created a result which might hopefully result in the best interest of all people, right? Like that you have an expectation such that you can plan your life by the, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you had no laws, if you had no laws, if you were an outlaw and everyone, like, you might, like, be killed the next day or you might become a very rich man. You have no idea. Like, you couldn't, like, hedge against any. You would have no expectations. Right. Yeah. And I think, and, like, the way, the way in which humans have evolved particularly have given us an affinity for expectation like what's gonna happen next mm -hmm. what happens what we think is gonna happen next like we would never get to the moon if we never expected to get there mm -hmm. right and right? But, something that large we have to have expectations like this is important or like this is going to progress us even if it's just like that's like why we have people making laws all the time or like suing all the time for sorts of laws or going to the supreme court is because we're trying to like you know are we're trying to like develop better expectations like right okay, like kind this of sort minimize of thing what's gonna happen in the for future occurrences. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't exactly know how that well, maps for, onto animal me, rights, except that okay, like, for, our, for me, it's like, so we've evolved in this particular way and our yeah. expectations like for animals are that they don't have this futural expectation. Yeah. Right. They forward. can't anticipate anything that like exists beyond the current moment is our right. idea That's yeah our exactly and yeah but like i have this very strong like theory that like the reason why humans and dogs are so close is because of the way that their sense of smell has developed mm -hmm. so it's their strongest sense like i i think yeah. i've talked with you about this before it is yeah. like it's, it's their strongest, strongest sense. It's By a far. million times stronger. Bloodhounds, bloodhounds have like, a million times better, which sense is than inconceivable. Ours. Which you can put I a think... pinch of salt in a, a like in a Olympic sized pool, and like after three days, a bloodhound will be able to find where it's which, at. Which which is inconceivable to us. Yeah, yeah they smell right. time. Like so there's different consciousnesses. Even if we can't map our own right. onto theirs, it doesn't mean that theirs isn't like lively in a way that is like so like expressive or like so you know demonstrative of suffering. Right, and because because like for most animals or probably all except for maybe humans, like the reason why like we see them as lower is because their evolution hasn't taken place the same way as ours yeah. has or they're like it's because like we like value tool making more than they do you know what's also right. interesting yeah. to me yeah. is that uh i want to talk about this i just want to mention this very briefly before we get into the next subject which i think is a kind of a perfect segue um we always approach we're approaching this argument from the beginning of this podcast of whether or not animals can suffer which is sort of still a subject to debate not I am not in any way trying to do it's, yeah, it's almost I know, certain I know it is almost certain that animals suffer what I what isn't ever you still really, have to you still what have is to develop what the isn't epistemic really, distance yeah Does what it, isn't really yeah. considered though is like it is evident just if you've ever interacted with an animal that animals can experience joy I mean if you've they, ever been they around can a experience dog feelings yeah if you've if you've been around a dog and you understand like excitement or you've been around, if you've been around cattle, you understand like what a cattle and an excited cattle looks like, what a joyous cattle looks like, what yeah, 
you know what a joyous animal looks like is evident because like we experience sort of the same symptoms of joy the way that you if you can if you can understand that an animal is capable of concepting happiness why would you not want to maximize that i get that i think what uh i don't know if that's the right way to approach this argument but it's like this is something that i think people it's it's not where it's often approached this is where i would go with that i would still like supplement it is that i think with um (laughs) you okay there bud (laughs) i think with um when we we want to abstract or we want to make sense of our life in a way that usually doesn't actually equate to how life is lived right so like i see this in politics all the time it's like you know people give reasons for why events have happened Mm -hmm. that like like make sense in a way but you're like that's not the real thing right i think with um humans like the the rationalization is that like you can tell me in words you can use your words and your words come to me and i understand them like when you say that i'm happy or i'm sad yeah like i got a promotion i'm very happy about that like but that isn't really i don't think that's how people even communicate generally i don't that i agree what i'm saying is that like that's the reason why people will be like, well, dogs can't tell you that. So, blah. but like, imagine all like, what I see in real life is that people tell each other very subtly made lies all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. People are constantly using their words to not convey how they feel. Yeah, but they're absolutely. using. <laughs> imagine how many times you say like, oh man, it's okay when it's not okay. Yeah. What you're right. trying to say is that like, I'm trying to get over this because I value our relationship, but like it did hurt right. me. Yeah. yeah That's totally. what you're saying. Yeah. But what you're using your words to say is it's okay. What you're doing is not impossible for a dog to do. Yeah. You know, it's like you're, you, what you're doing is you're using your words to like accentuate your, the opposite behavior that you're exhibiting, which yeah. is like, you're relying on, on the exhibited behavior to actually communicate. Cause like if you only had words, it's like why sarcasm doesn't work on text or yeah. whatever. It's like, if you only have text in that situation, it looks like you've been fully forgiven. But when you like embody it, yeah. Embody like, it's okay, dude, but you're just like, it's not okay. But it's like, you know what I mean? It's like when you use your whole body. Language, yeah. yeah. It's like when you, per, you know, when you behavioralize it, it becomes obvious that you're not, what you're saying is just an, accentuation of what you're trying to communicate oh, totally. it's an opposite I mean, accentuation and so you know it's kind of dumb to think dogs can't do that because how many yeah. dogs like, all the time like sit and are sad when you're gone even though yeah. they're trying to like be okay they're trying to they're trying to do the same things they just can't use words to accentuate the yeah, opposite reaction yeah that we do like our our communications are more complex but they're not like impossible to express yeah, totally. from other sentience. Yeah, I mean Leo last night, he's a cuz he's a puppy. Yeah. He was trying to get out of the fucking bed and I kept throwing him down like no you're not getting out of the fucking bed and like his finally his body language was like uh, I want to get out of the bed. But yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to. You yeah. know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he like, gives you the like, same. It's amazing. Easily, it's amazing. Uh, I think that's great what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's amazing when you have a pet. Like, I think what happens is people, like, will warn you against anthropomorphization where they're like, oh, if you anthropomorphize, like, a, a dog, what you're doing is you're. Yeah, right. You're inflicting. You're, you are understanding what they're doing as a human. And like they're not a human, and so like it's subject to mis 
interpretation. interpretation. All communication is subject to mistake. Yeah, but all yeah. exactly. It's yes. like you can like yes. whatever like whatever it's considered like anthropomorphization is like that can be like used to miscommunicate you're anthropomorphizing what you're it all the time all the time right? <laughs> always because you are a human yeah so you are always anthropomorphizing. you're, to, like, you're the only yeah. one who can anthropomorphize yeah so it's like <laughs> to use so basically if a dog is exhibiting behaviors that he's hungry but then if you're like nah man he's not hungry like he may not <laughs> I don't you're anthropomorphizing <laughs> right i'm the yeah. only thing that can buy it but yeah. i won't yeah if you use like what what that is is like it's an example of just like like ms like it's just epistemic uncertainty we will never like the the i like it's such a philosophical bullshitty thing which yeah, is like yeah, yeah, yeah. like you can imply that it's like why like trump is in office right now it's like <laughs> you can basically just be like okay i don't like because there is, that, is a, there's a possibility <laughs> that you have misinterpreted that you should interpret it in the way that i want you to that's that's the argument. It's like, but it's always done with this because it like it introduces you into the idea that you may have misinterpreted yeah, something. You're, you're, that you I'm the righteous me. person. You don't get it. Well, it's more like okay. Imagine if you're like, oh, like um, you they know, drop bombs. You know, we're imagine imagine. Hold that thought. Uh-huh. Let's briefly segue. What I want to talk about now is like why we treat companions <laughs> like, differently than livestock. Maybe two hours. But yeah, we don't. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, it's been a while. <laughs> This is kind of the same thing I think we can get to is that if you um, have a position on something, right? Yeah. And you firmly believe it, a very ob- like, and if someone attacks you for it, and they attack you in such a deep way that it, like it actually challenges you, you m- may respond in such a way where it's like you don't actually know that, and so I'm right because I'm the person who's capable of like establishing that there is an mm-hmm, epistemic uncertainty mm-hmm, in all mm-hmm. knowledge yep, yep. i because i'm that person in this argument then i'm right when i distribute I, my new knowledge that i actually believe like i am because i'm the purveyor of epistemic uncertainty the next thing that comes out of yeah. my mouth has yeah. epistemic certainty because i'm trying to bring as a, like as a mechan like the uh the the fucking design of persuasion is that like I make you uncertain and I yeah. hit you with something that is certain. So as totally. long I can always hit you with epistemic uncertainty and then hit you with something that is like has no evidence, but yeah. like because I just hit you with that, I've like maybe persuaded you. And there's nothing m- that will make you more uncertain on an essential level than and epistemic that- uncertainty. And like people who haven't like taken philosophy any time in their lives are unprepared for epistemic uncertainty so when it comes to livestock and pets like if um someone comes at you like well you never know what someone's thinking right you never know what a being's thinking or what a being can feel so like really what we should do is just protect the pe- the thi- the beings the that we, we love yeah, right or, yeah. like that's not an actual art that's that is a that's that's a classical form of persuasion but it's yeah. not that has no evidentiary right yeah. it's like well isn't that like a dictator <laughs> i mean kind of yeah it's like right? if you i mean hitler did the same thing with like yeah you know, he, hitler is an animal lover but he hated jews and he's jews as like a way of like being like oh you don't know that the jews aren't evil right so we should kill them so is <laughs> it like trump a dictator <laughs> i mean okay. is trump trump is has, he, trump right. has clearly authority like trump is like issuing like like Bombs. authoritarian, Bombs. Uh, like authoritarian clearly. bombs. 
We don't need to get into Trump. Anyways, the thing that's important to understand here is that, like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, there's a podcast that Johnny and I listened to earlier this week, the Dr. Francione. Dr. Francione. He looked up his doctor's status in the bathroom. And and what he refers to, the disconnect between like what we, the relationship that we have with companion animals and the relationship that we have with food animals he calls moral schizophrenia and i i kind of i connect with that statement or, or that that phrase because it's so logically and like i i find this depraved. in you though i want you i want to really like bomb into you though right now okay using that <laughs> because i think that's what you exhibit like you love this subject you want to talk to me about this, and I want to talk to you about this all the time because it, it, it interests you in a way because it affects the materials you use in the kitchen. It's like imagine if like um, there was a certain wire that we use to connect the guitar. I think an easiest, the easiest way to describe it would be like if I'm cooking without meat, you're like essentially depriving me of like – it would be the same as if you just told a painter like you can't use red. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to imagine more of an I mean. Like you can't use a guitar yeah. be a now better, because it's like, yeah, yeah. I actually think like meat it, is like an it's an irreplaceable like instrument of flavor. You can't. There are yeah, certain I don't there think, are certain uh, yeah. flavors that are impossible to replicate. But that's not like uh, really that's not a justification for me eating meat. The reason that I eat meat plays into that larger ethical framework of like. I don't behold myself to any like ethical system because I think that ethics is just a tool. So like, why would I enslave myself in that way? Right. And my, I guess my argument would be that like the fact that you feel it's an enslavement is already like evidence that you're thinking about it in a way that harms you as opposed to helps you. Like it does like you, like if so long as you are i mean like let's just get really real you really believe these animals like the animals you eat like hurt yeah they had horrible lives and like the because especially because you're so prudent and you're so like fiscal that you're not like trying to find like you're not really sourcing your meat as opposed to like you're trying to find the cheapest meat pot which i get because i'm also like in my life prudent yeah the like you really believe these animals are sentient that there there's pain that was involved yeah absolutely and you, yeah and that it comes to you and do you not feel that when you're eating like you don't like i mean like the fact that you like you still think it, you have to think about it at some level yeah of course i do it's the uh like why there are ways to like dull the experience of it's not that i'm like unempathetic i don't because think you are you have That's, to be like an empathetic you are you are the perfect like person yeah about, how, you are real, the perfect wait. person for me right now real quick yeah how about this okay so the animal has suffered yeah it's up it's done clear yeah. uh, the best thing i could do is make this animal the most delicious I can. Well, that would, be, that would be that would be a ju- that would be a justification, yeah. justification if you found it in the wild. I don't think you or something. It. It's if if you I'm beyond, like to, what, like, but it's my experience done. is that like I'm not trying to justify my. Yeah, I get that, but like, wouldn't no, you do the though, best you can? Wouldn't you be the most delicate, like the most 
uh, I, I certainly think educated. Like, if you didn't pay for it, if you pay for it, you just continue the cycle of abuse. Like if you didn't mm-hmm. pay, it's like you know, like I haven't had problems like when like Jake doesn't finish his food and if yeah. he has like steak on his food, yeah. I'll eat it because like if I'm hungry, it's better for me not like. There's a there's a way you have to like do arithmetic versus like waste versus food like that food was gonna go in the garbage. I did not yeah. buy that steak, mm-hmm. and I did not support him getting it. But the fact that he did, and the fact that he was gonna throw it away, and like I was still hungry. Sure, yeah. I'm like I don't see a problem eating. I don't see a problem. Like no, I think it's better I. for me. I to think eat. that's yeah. like that's ethic. That is logically yeah. and ethically consistent mm-hmm. with your beliefs. Right. Like I did not support him doing it, but yeah. I'm gonna make the best of it. Like right. And that I mean like. I don't want that to seem too moralistic, but like, you know, like, yeah, I did, like, it, yeah. It to- and I yeah. like, it makes me feel better if you do that. So yeah. like, that's, yeah, it's not like, but like at the end of the day, you need to, um, I don't think I, I, how do I put this? I think that the fact that I don't eat meat in this house actually produces like, at least with Jake now and with Jacob before, um, when I was living just with Jacob, like, the fact that I didn't eat meat pr- like produced less suffering on Jacob's part too. Even though when he decided to eat meat again, he would eat vegetable meats. And so like, just to share with me that. Yeah. I, and so like, I like that, like the fact that you didn't disown me was also an ethical act. Like, I think that, um, like the I think support a, of your, yeah. Accommodating, act. accommodating, yeah. the accommodation reduces suffering. Even yeah. if you don't, are, I, you're not a vegetarian. Totally, yeah. What for me, what that boils down to is that like, I find that people that are like, uh, logically or ethically inconsistent. If you aren't, if you were convicted about something and then you act in a way that's contradictory to your beliefs, I find that to be despicable. I do too. And, uh, that's this regardless is my- of what your beliefs are. I've, I'm, more respectful of people that have like beliefs that I find to be heinous and are like consistent. Well, there's behave there, and there's clearly a limit to things. that though. Like, yes, but I still have, you know what I'm like? I, I respect in people that are life. convicted and behave in ways that are consistent with their convictions way more than I respect people that are, you know, just complete hypocrites. I do. Um, well, it's hard because you like, are clearly consistent with your ethical belief in like vegetarianism. You may not be like always successful, but you are always in pursuit of improving your like a your understanding of the ethical system within which you work, and b like your just actual ability to be a vegetarian. You still have limited information. It's well, not that you don't a- have access to information. Maybe you haven't prioritized it in a way that's like the most efficacious. Yeah, that's true. But. There's You're some still... there's some things I learned like tortillas. Some tortillas have fucking like gelatin. Lard. In it. Yeah, yeah, lard. Or yeah. There's things that <laughs> no. you can't yeah, it's like don't take the tortillas, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, there's some things that you don't <laughs> That's I know. Like the No, worst. but I looked the tortillas we got did not have lard. All right, the, I looked for it. most of the stuff sake, you buy I mean, in the supermarket, like a mission lard. You better not is not gonna have lard. Yeah, or it won't. Yeah, no. that's the thing. That's what's difficult. Stuff you get it's from smaller markets. It's not that I lard is expensive. Yeah. In terms of like production costs, like most mass produced tortillas are not gonna have lard in them. Lard is a flavor addition. So like you're gonna have more like 
the handcrafted quote unquote, you know, more like expensive tortillas that you're okay. eating. Yeah. And like that okay. You can so actually think... if you understand like what it looks like, you can see No what totally, a but the thing is that like. like you have to understand what it looks like in the yeah. idea Education of like isn't huge. educate and if you can't educate people, you need to like in, like encode the education. What into the I can't understand system, is why right? vegan advocacy should include education on like what is and what isn't vegan and like why vegan nutrition is possible and cost effective i feel like if if that's that's PETA like that's, did that instead of being like well, radical assholes yeah. like <laughs> right. it would be so yeah. much more effective the problem as is like there's so many yeah. like vegan at the most famous vegan advocates are like the most Toxicers. ridiculous yeah. <laughs> yeah like no one like i don't i don't know anyone who likes pita like but at the same time they get i don't know pita is a whole subject that i haven't they're not even worth to eat talking about well it's difficult because we just did a podcast on people who suck assholes well i mean we can do that this is the question that pita raises is that like if um it's unethical to farm animals then should we kill them all and like pita's answer is that like euthanasia is what yeah euthanasia is like a very popular idea in like PETA circles because it's like yeah. a way of like eliminating like further pain for these animals which like in some way makes sense but really what you should do is just like an animal can produce never like meaningfully volunteer for euthanasia so it's not euthanasia it's murder because the it's animal's murder not consenting <laughs> that no that's a good point and like that's what we really point. should be doing is not killing animals it's like making like the thing is, is, like, if we have the ability to, like, extend our love and compassion to dogs in our homes, why can't we do it for, like, chickens or yeah. cows or pigs who are, like, all demonstrably mm -hmm. smarter in ways? Like, yeah. I don't know. Basically, every animal, yeah. every species of animal and every individual animal displays different levels of intelligence. And you can, like, yeah. assign as much meaning to that as you want. Totally. But what is clear is that animals are – they – are capable of having experience. I think you know what we should do is we should go watch Isle of Dogs again and then do a review of it. Well, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think we didn't it talk like, like we it's went relevant. to go. Yeah, I don't. It, it was I relevant in a way it, that was like unbelievable. Yeah, like and we didn't even get into it because what it it, it I do want to do a whole separate. Review I think that's. I think we were trying. We we're going to try to come back to. I think. Yeah, yeah I think right? we were going to try to combine it, but the thing with. Isle of Dogs is that it flips the script so much and it's it's so it's oh god you know like with um Wes Anderson usually it's like there there's some it's it's uplifting because the color scheme is nice or like mm -hmm. the, the symmetry gets you in a place or it's like it's cute cinematographically or, like yeah right but like Isle of Dogs it's like fucking like most of it just takes place on this trash island and there's just trash everywhere and like it Everything is like oh. grayscale and brown. And br and yeah, and just like, oh my god, like it's, it's, it's desolation has its own kind of desolation. Beauty, but I understand yeah, what you're saying. You yeah, it, it's a very desolate beauty, and like you have to. It doesn't. I don't think this will be a very popular film of his, but I think it maybe is the most like wonder. Like, it's his hardest film. I think like even more than Bottle Rocket. It's like this and Bottle Rocket, mm -hmm. I think, are his hardest films because Bottle Rocket was like, um, he really didn't have a desire to get you into like a cinematic mood right. or like or like a formula. You know, like his, he, he, he embellished the dragging on feeling in a way mm. that became like 
when your heist goes wrong. And so you're like, dra- you know, it's like there's if you're dragging on your heist, usually that's a bad thing because you're like losing time. Can't drag on the heist. You can't drag on the yeah, like. That's, so that's, that's how that movie I've felt. Said. Is that like I've said that for years? <laughs> right, you're objective. You're losing your objective. <laughs> so like that's the idea. Of this. this movie is just like I don't even know. Like at the end, it's supposed to feel really great, and really, what it just feels like people survived. Yeah. Boom. And it. Ah, uh, yeah. We'll do a whole thing on yeah, this. We'll do but like, it does. It does do a lot in terms of uh, like communicating, like what the animal activist wants to say about yeah. animals, which is like when we, it's just like a, when we can, we can like, hear each other. It's obviously exaggerated, but it's like, yeah. it elucidates the intelligence of animals in a way. And like our relationship with animals in a way that is like, it, not yeah. like anything I've ever seen before. I think that's true. Like if you don't go to another country and you cannot understand what people are saying, it may be impossible for you to understand like what a dog might feel when yeah, you're right, trying to right. to you. Which is not to say that, like... Because who's to say that a dog doesn't want to understand us just as bad as we want to understand theirs? I think that's that's exactly what it is. It's not that they're, like... It's not about, like, who's smarter than whatever. It's, like, the desire to understand. Totally. That's what's important, because that's the compassion. What's compassion? It's, like, with passion. So it's, like, Mm. with understanding. It's, I want to know what you're saying, and, like, maybe I don't have the faculties, and maybe I don't have the faculties to communicate in ways which i can produce tools to create a society the way that humans can we got lucky in that way in terms of like power structure but like really what's important is that we want to fucking communicate and i think once you have a pet and once you really like inspect animal life and you try to generalize it because you're like a thoughtful philosophical person you realize that like you can communicate with animals like it's clear like from both of you i know that like when i talk to kaiser you know that he understands something yeah even if it's absolutely. just emotional totally. like if i'm gone he comes to me and i'm like i'm back like don't worry yeah. like he calms down you yeah. know that's like a no. communication yeah. like that's like that's a complex communication that's more than just saying hi to somebody that's like oh i was scared that you weren't gonna come back and i'm like no i will come back and he's like oh i understand that now and he's like i understand that i feel good now you know what i mean like that's like a yeah. whole narrative of emotions that how could it how could someone who can't suffer understand all those yeah. things? And like, yeah. we just shouldn't like, you know, it does, it does us no good to perpetuate systems where we like subjugate animals to suffering when they could be used for either like love or compassion or like some other kind of productivity. That's, that's a, piece. that's a great, uh, it's a great ender. Yeah, we'll end there, but we're gonna. Tie it off. I think it's yeah. gonna be fun to it's a great spin word. this into AI. Yeah. Well, this yeah. The AI part's gonna be. Fun. I need to read this book. Again, I got this a book be to a read. Harder about it's gonna just be t- other yeah. intelligences. Um, <laughs> Terminator. We'll probably we'll probably two. do the AI one. We'll record. I think next Wednesday is. When we'll do it. We're gonna do. I'm gonna record it. We'll do, we'll still the, do it. The, I, I definitely would be interested in talking about like why I was interested in this to begin with, but. Yeah, this is a good place to tie it off. I so. It's hard. Yeah. We just talk forever. We do talk for a while. Fun. It could go on forever. We could all, yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, thank you for listening, Codex West listeners, all of you that are still with us. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate your patronage. Uh, as always, you can find patronage. us and like and subscribe us. Please, on, uh, please share. I think we, we're probably going to Patreon account soon, so we can quit our jobs. We have so Patreon we accounts. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we'll we'll make a Kickstarter thing or right. something stupid. Go fuck me. Nah, we don't want. We don't want your <laughs> oh, money. We, got, we, lo- we love doing we this. Have we love those. having an excuse to talk. 
Um, There's plenty of those. And uh, yeah, for all of you that are with us, thank you for listening and uh, have a great evening. See you guys. Thank you.